Well, here okay. we go. I guess, I guess now we know. <laughs> Episode 54, Ocho Massive Podcast. What's up, Siv? I, you know, I was a little, I was a little tired when we started. And you started Not playing anymore. this song. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to start beating the snot of other people. Yeah. It's a little sun to get the juices going. Yeah. <laughs> That'll get it going. Yes. <laughs> what a few weeks we've had, song, man. To be honest. Say what? What a few weeks we've had. Yes. It has What the hell was that? Is that like a maggot crawling on something? I don't know. What, what is it with some of these like rock videos where it's like, it has to be like, like decay of everything, decay of, de- of rotting matter, and God knows what the hell else it is. It can't just be like hard music, right? Like with the video, it has to like include like morbidity, right? There's got to be yeah, and just like strange. like the director, the director is sitting somewhere, and he's like, you know what? We need more maggots. Yeah, you know, let's know. kick it up a notch. Let's get some cockroaches. <laughs> around here yeah Fuck. so welcome yeah welcome back welcome back you know, i've got a little uh I, I don't i'm i can't say that i'm a big fan of it but i picked it up anyway so today they have the uh redemption bourbon you ever hear of it no yeah there's probably a good reason for it <laughs> it's not popular it's, it's it's not all that great no yeah, but I got it, and uh, or maybe like when I had it before, just because it's been pretty hot here. You know what I mean? Aside from today and yesterday, we kind of got a relief from the heat. But yeah, thank God. I think it just hasn't really got a chance to to cool off. So, what do you got? Same as past few weeks. In case the audience needs to be reminded. Oh, oh failed there. Hold on. That was that was. If I get it going, that's better. Week. What's going on here? We got a. I got to put a little spit on it. Yeah, yeah I think that's the best you're going to get. <laughs> yeah. Uh, same thing. So whistle pig piggyback. Rye. Yeah. Suey. Um, yeah, I actually, I, I like this. I mean, the the wheel horse that I had a while back um, that I, I was drinking on a few episodes. I like it. It's not bad. I, I don't know if it was that particular concoction that would give me a massive headache then the following day. And it wasn't like I drank a lot. I mean, obviously we we drank it during, or I drank it during an episode and I only had like, you know, a serving of it. Is it a rye? Yes. Yeah. See, that's the thing. I think sometimes I've had rye and it's just given me like a bad after effect. It's kind of like, I mean, I know a couple episodes you were doing the the beers, but uh, but they were were they IPAs? Yes, double IPA. See, yeah, see the even the IPAs, double IPAs. I'm sure would have it, but I feel it more the next day. It's just like a I, I don't know, my body just doesn't yeah. do well with it. I guess. I mean, this is a rye too. I can't say I've had the same effect from it as I did 
um, as they did the uh, the wheel horse ride. But I don't know. I mean, I, lately, if if I don't drink enough water, I'm probably dehydrated. I feel like I'm getting headaches more. So maybe it just it was just coincidental that twice that I've had that wheel horse that I've gotten a headache from it. I have no idea, but I don't know. I'll have to try it again. Hopefully, I'll I'll have to fill the the water tank up before before drinking it. So, yeah. but anyway, salute. Salute, my friend. Oh, dong. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, just where do we? And I saw this as it says corn and rye. Now, um, not that well versed on a lot of bourbons, but <clears throat> as I was just saying, rye. Maybe that's why this isn't. <coughs> maybe that's why this isn't one of my favorites. Mm. Not a fan of corn, huh? I like corn. Corn makes whiskey. Whiskey makes my baby feel a little frisky. <laughs> Words of uh, Luke Bryan. Nice. So, um, yeah, Lin Manuel uh, Miranda. What's up with uh, him? You know, what's interesting is, you know, great reviews um, for his uh, new film, uh, The Heights. I believe it's called right. In the Heights. In the Heights. Basically, it's a musical. Um, I haven't seen it. Have you seen it? It's supposed to be basically uh, I, about like living in Spanish Harlem, correct? Uh, is it Harlem or is it a different borough? I don't. Know. I mean, either way, it's not. There isn't much difference to as far as I'm concerned. Not, not that I'm Hispanic. My wife is. She's she's Puerto Rican. Comes from, from a very Puerto Rican family. In fact, she just had family hair from Puerto Rico that was here for the past month or so. Um, so we, we hung out with them quite a bit. They actually came up one day, um, last week. Yeah. Last week. And she purchased it on HBO max so they could all watch it. Um, and they, they really liked it. They liked it. They said it was, um, you know, for them, it was a, it was a proud moment in Hollywood because it was a predominantly, uh, predominantly Hispanic movie. Obviously, it's based on on a play or a musical that um that you know really kind of showcases the, for lack of better description, kind of like the 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 um the struggles of the Latino community trying to integrate itself into American culture. And there's, I mean, it's nothing new to be quite honest. I, I mean, like you know, Puerto Rico has been part of the United States since the late 1800s. Uh, it was won by America during the Spanish-American War. So Puerto Ricans have been, actually have been citizens of the United States longer than some states have been, like say Alaska and Hawaii. Um, it, it's still a, a territory of the United States. It's not a full-out state. There's been a lot of stuff about trying to make it a state over the over the past uh, few decades. Um, but I mean, you know, the... Just like a lot of other, just like a lot of other uh, very, to say, eth very ethnic backgrounds, um, or people of different cultures, there there's a period of time where it takes, it, it's it, there, there's a lot of struggle in terms of them trying to trying to assimilate to America, and trying to uh, blend their culture with American culture. Not that America really has its own culture. America is a, 
an amalgamation of many different cultures from around the world. That's what makes us melting pot. Right. That's but, the uh, interesting part that I always found about, I mean, even in elementary school, it was written into our history books, just about us being this melting pot and yeah. appreciating one another in the different cultures and, and encouraged to learn each other's cultures and learn about our differences and come together and, and be, you know, it was always taught like we could live as one, we could be different, but we could all come together. But now we have all these, I, I just saw an article about some model because she had I don't even know what box braids are. I just look like braids. I guess it's a certain type. But then you get this word, uh, you know, it, it gets thrown into the mix that it's cultural appropriation. Like now everybody's not allowed to enjoy one another's differences almost. Yeah. It's, 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 it's a fine line it's that so you have strange. to walk. I, I, I'm not really understanding it. Yeah, it's it's very strange. It's like, you know, does that mean that if if black women or Hispanic women straighten their hair, does that mean that they are being culturally appropriated to try to be Caucasian? Doesn't make any sense. So, or is it only one way? Is it only if Caucasian people do that, then it's considered to be cultural appropriation and being insensitive and offensive of other people? I, it, it's just, it's just, just do whatever the hell you want. Like, Why does it, it got to be? Everything's got to be offensive. I, I mean, I we'll get to more of this in a minute. So, uh, the, the offensiveness on, on on different things, but you know, we'll, we'll stick with this for now. In this, in the heights, and it's just that you know, yeah. despite its positive reviews and, like you said, just kind of a backstory on what it was like, um, still that like the woke population, you know, this woke cultural movement have to have, it's almost like they have to pick apart everything that's good and try to find something negative with it right mm -hmm. it's like this is a great movie your wife said that she enjoyed it right yeah yeah they i think getting getting back to that i mean they they really enjoyed it because they said it was uh it was uh a, 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 a not a coming of age it's probably the wrong terminology to use but it's like it's almost like they like uh, latinos like something shown a spotlight there. into it exactly Kind of like show, yeah, putting a showing a spotlight on their culture and the struggles of of being in America and things of that nature. And and I mean, you can apply that to any other any other culture that comes to the United States that has a you know a big a big community within the United States. You could talk about that with Italians. You could talk about that with the Portuguese, uh, Germans, in New York the was Polish a big one, right? Exactly, yeah, the Irish, whatever, the Polish. Um, you know, people come, people come from Jamaica, from Haiti, from uh, all other, you know, Dominicans, Mexicans, whatever it, it can, you can, you can apply that to all of them. But for them, it was, it was significant because, because of, um, of Latin America and more specifically Caribbean Latin, the Caribbean part of Latin America, it was, it was very important to them, like Dominicans and especially um, Puerto Ricans. So it, they really enjoyed it. They thought it was really good. But then I, it was interesting that I that I saw this article about you know there not being enough representation of of Black Latinos or Afro Latinos, as a lot of people like, like to refer to it as. And the reason why that that's that's being brought up because you are of African descent. If you if you look at you can look at a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of Hispanics that look black, but they grew up in in the Hispanic culture, 
within Puerto Rico, within Cuba, Dominican Republic, whatever. Right. And and what these critics were saying is that there wasn't enough representation of that population of Latinos within this particular movie. I, I, I get it. But who are these but, critics, I mean, though? I mean, do you have? Here, here's the question: I mean, Do you have to meet a quota of that? Like, do you have to say, okay, of the Latin American culture or of the Latin American countries that are out there, you know, what percentage of those populations are considered to be black? Uh, so then, do you make a percentage of that cast to be black and to represent the the Afro Latinos? Afro Latinos. The reason why it gets a little ridiculous is that if you look at a lot of Latinos coming from Latin America, a lot of them do have African roots. So, I mean, Latin America is, is, a, is a pretty pretty broad amalgamation of people from Europe, from Africa, and the indigenous tribes that lived in the Caribbean at that time, like specifically in Puerto Rico, the Tainos. My wife told me a bit of history of, of Tainos and, and things of that nature. So I know a little bit about it. I'm no expert by any stretch of the imagination, but I do know a little bit about it. And it's it, that's in and of itself is another melting pot. So to say that, you know, there wasn't enough representation of dark skinned, like very dark skinned Latinos. I, I, I don't know. I, it just. If a movie, if an artist wants to create a piece of art, which a movie or a play is, I think they should be allowed to cast whoever they want in it for whatever role. I mean, look at Hamilton. It's not historically accurate to have, you know, a black men play Aaron Burr, but that's not the point. It's not the point of saying that, you know, you absolutely have to have historically accurate artwork there. Now, if you're making a movie that had to be historically accurate, okay, then maybe you'd probably want to cast a Caucasian guy for Aaron Burr. But in Hamilton, it was a black guy. Um, Alexander Alexander Hamilton right. was played by Lin Lin Manuel Miranda, who is exactly. Puerto Rican. You know, but that's it's, the argument, cares? right? I mean, even yeah. Bill Maher made this argument in, in talking about it. I mean, he made Hamilton, which featured, you know, black and Hispanic actors as the founding fathers of the country who yeah. were not so here's the part where i become confused because you have somebody that's of latin descent right he makes a movie cast who he casts you have everybody on set who's on board with this movie you know granted i understand that some people they're you know they're on set they're happy to be part of this movie and you know they're they're all about it and they don't want to you know perhaps jeopardize their role in in the film but all these people are, are on board, right? And I'm, I'm assuming it's a pretty large cast, right? Because everybody's dancing and, and, and all this other stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. People are filming it, right? So there's the production crew, there's the actors themselves, there's the writers. I mean, at some point, uh, you know, he had to go in and no movie gets cast with just one person, you know? Okay, want them, want them, want them, don't want them. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's yeah. more than one p- person. I mean, when you see the credits to a film, you know, there's always you know the casting people and there's you know several names just for casting alone never mind all the (laughs) actors that actually took place the point that i'm trying to make is that all these people that are involved right and this movie gets made goes through editing goes through you know people screening the movie you know because critics get early copies and and and, you know so they could basically do their write-ups and everything you know what i mean so basically they want to get good reviews so they could release the movie to good reviews Nobody ever said anything about this beforehand. 
like this never came up until after the movie came out. Like nobody, like everybody just kept their mouth shut. And then finally at the end, they're just like, you know what? It wasn't enough dark. And they're not using the term Latin, right? They're, they're stuck on this term Latinx. Yeah. Yeah. I, it just, uh, I don't know. It, it's just, it, it's, it, and it's, it, I feel like these arguments that are being made are no longer really legitimate arguments. I feel that they are just somebody who wants to put in a complaint about something because there isn't enough diversity to their liking. Okay. Now, if, if we made, let's just say, for instance, there's a movie similar to this that was made about Italians and they just cast all quote unquote Caucasian Italians in it. Would there be an uproar to say that you haven't included enough Afro Italians in it, which there, there are, I mean, I, nowadays the, the world is not as, as, as heterogeneous as it was 20, 30 years ago. The world has changed dramatically. You have migration of people all around the world in different areas. Um, there are a lot of Africans in Italy. They've lived there for several generations. They consider themselves to be Italian in the same way that, that you know, Africans that have lived here for, for generations consider themselves to be American. Same thing, same thing in France, same thing in Germany, Holland. I mean, just watching the Euro Cup, you see these teams that you you would have expected to be nothing but Caucasian people playing soccer with a, a very hefty mix of people from different backgrounds, totally different ethnic backgrounds playing for their playing for their countries because that's where they live. That's where they were born. That's where they grew up. That's the only culture that they know. So, you know, it's, it, there's, it, the world is very diverse, but to say that you absolutely have to cast certain people in a movie or else it is, you know, not woke enough or it is unacceptable to do that. I just, I, I, I have an issue with, with, you know, people forcing their, forcing their, their, their ideology on, on other people. I just, I just don't, I, I don't like that. But I, I think we've seen this several times before, right? I mean, let's take, for example, there was a movie that was supposed to be a, it was supposed to feature a, I guess in the plot was a male to female transgender. I, I could have that backwards, but yeah. it was supposed to, it was supposed to star Scarlett Johansson as this. Yeah, as this character. Right. And then, you know, the, the woke movement reached out and they said that she couldn't play that part because she's a, cisgender female so you can't oh, have somebody that's straight playing a transgender <clears throat> person but the thing is is here is where you miss the mark in, in being too woke because I, I mean i don't know that movie may have been made may might not have been made who knows with the dumpster fire that was 2020 so but, but my point being is that that could have been a great story to tell i don't know if it is because i know it was supposed to be a true story right if it was worth making a movie about you would think that it was uh, a worthy story and you want to get it out there when you subtract somebody that's an a-list star like scarlett johansson you're 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 losing the reach you know what yeah. i mean like you're not going to reach as many people if you're if you have you know bill mckenzie from down the road playing <laughs> this transgender person you've never heard of before you know i mean when a movie gets released you want to see big names you want to see something that's familiar right yeah. And, and their portrayal is going to be what's discussed. 
you know, and, and having conversations, like I was talking to somebody earlier about like the movie Lone Survivor came up and yep. he was saying how, you know, it was a good movie, but I didn't really like it that much because it didn't really look like Afghanistan really looks. It's like, well, they're not going to go into Afghanistan to make the movie. I mean, it's kind of, yeah. It's a little, <laughs> a little I mean, there's a reason why it's, it's been a was. war zone for the past 40 years. <laughs> right. And, you know, and talking to somebody else, this movie, it's a great movie, moved me to tears. Um, Our Friend, maybe heard of it, uh, features Casey Affleck, um, Jason Siegel, uh, Dakota um, Johnson. She plays the, the woman. It's based on a true story. Great movie. Um, huh. Basically, um, the woman passes from cancer, um, but when she's going through everything, you know, I guess there's certain aspects that a friend of mine, you know, she remembered a family member going through cancer and you know, yeah. like different, you know, things weren't portrayed as much as the ugly side of cancer often is, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. And, and they were kind of upset about that. They're like, you know, if you're going to play that role, you got to own. And this, I'm like, what do you want the, per- you want the person, do you want the actress to die to yeah, you want them to go role? through cancer chemotherapy to, <laughs> right. I mean, it's, it's, it's brutal. Movie. These are portrayals. And not yeah. only that, but after reading the article, so basically the backstory with that movie I was just mentioning, Our Friend, it's, you know, spoiler alert, she gets cancer, but um, <laughs> basically the husband and one of her friends from college and everything, they kind of come together. And after she passes, he ends up writing, he, he's a writer for a, a newspaper, and he ends up writing this article, and he gets picked up by Esquire. Esquire magazine r- runs the article. A producer from Hollywood ends up reading this this piece, which is a brilliant piece. I mean, I could, uh, I, I'll send it to you, and you could attach it. Um, sure. But it's a great piece, and you know they ended up reaching out, decided to make a movie about it. But in the in the in this you know in the article, like he's very descriptive about some of the things that she went through. You know, just yeah. oozing out of different parts of her body. You know, yeah, like stomach. You know, mm-hmm. um, in if you're seeing that in the movie, it's going to turn a lot of people away. And you're, you're, you know, once again, we get back to back to that reach factor, right? Yeah, uh, people don't want to tune in and see that, especially in a movie theater, while they're trying to chew on popcorn. Like, <laughs> just it's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, interesting you you say that. I mean, I I saw my dad go through that when when he got diagnosed with stage four lung cancer, and I mean, he went from 175 pounds down to 125 pounds when when he actually passed away, and he was he was literally a skeleton. I had always known my dad to be somewhere in the in the mid 170s. He had he literally been that way. And well, I mean, he wasn't like he wasn't thicker, and if you if you saw him. He was relatively skinny uh, to begin with, even though he weighed 175 pounds. Um, but to see somebody already relatively thin lose, you know, a, a good portion of their body weight, uh, you know, almost, you know, over 25% of their body weight within a five-month period due to an illness it's, it's pretty devastating. I mean, I remember, you know, when he was on hospice during his last couple of days, you know, I, I, I held his hand and his, it was like, I was holding the hand of a skeleton because he had literally no, no muscle mass left in his hand. 
and to see somebody close to you have to go through that it it leaves a significant mark on you <laughs> in your in your life i i will never forget any of that to, to be quite honest um and but to to say that somebody in hollywood has to go through what a person like that has had literally gone through and died you know and to think that they need to portray that part literally is is completely is com they're they're being completely ignorant of of what it takes to get to that point right i mean it's, you have to understand it's a portrayal it's not an actual exactly we're not watching Dakota Johnson die of cancer in this yeah. 90 minute movie, two hour movie. We're watching her portrayal of yeah, uh, of, of, of what happened. Right. But yeah, that's also could be said about, you know, the, the Scarlett Johansson, you know, film mm -hmm. or, you know, and even going back to this, the Heights um, in the Heights movie. Like, it, it's just these are portrayals like we're not going to. You're not always going to get 100% accurate. No, you're not. And you're and not. that's okay. <laughs> I mean, it's it it it's an it's a film for entertainment purposes. It's not a film to give you an accurate an absolutely 100% accurate portrayal of what happened. It's never going to happen. Hollywood is always going to Hollywoodize uh, you know, a piece of art because that's just what they do because they're trying to drive revenue, they're trying to drive interest in the movie, all that other stuff. That's fine. I get it. I mean, like the whole thing with even, you know, you, you mentioned Lone Survivor, um, you know, like Mark, um, uh, Mark Wahlberg played, played Marcus Luttrell. Marcus Luttrell in real life is like six, four, six, six, six or something like that. He's a fucking big dude. Mark Wahlberg is like five, seven, five, eight. He's literally like a foot shorter than, than Marcus Luttrell. They look nothing alike. Marcus Luttrell is a, is a, is a, he's a tough son of a bitch to have gone through what he, what he went through. He literally almost died. Um, I mean, he, he ended up getting uh, dysentery. He ended up getting, you know, multiple shrapnel wounds in him. He had like, uh, I think he had shattered vertebrae. He had all this other stuff. I mean, are, are people suggesting like m that should have happened to Mark Wahlberg? Just, just to make a quote unquote accurate. <laughs> yeah, to make an yeah. accurate portrayal of the movie. No, that's fucking ridiculous. So just let it go. Like it, it's it's artwork. Okay. It's never going to be. 100% to everybody's liking. Just appreciate it for for what the movie is trying to tell you. Stop trying to pick apart every tiny little detail of it. I mean, I can tell you my wife and her family absolutely loved it because they are Hispanic. They that that this is their culture and to see that that was an accurate portrayal of what their culture is here in America is for me, that's fine. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. If, if it was like, if it was completely bastardized, as far as I'm concerned, then I could get it. I could understand where, where people would get upset, but it's, it is what it is. And, and I don't know. I, it just, I, I think people just take the bullshit like this overboard to, to be quite honest. A hundred percent. I agree with you. I mean, suffice Which to say people that... just shut the fuck up and enjoy stuff. And that's it. <laughs> Very true. Like, you know, but suffice to say, I mean, I think both of us would agree we're not going to be on board with, with a lot of Bill Maher's politics. But one thing that I, I really applaud him for lately is, you know, standing up to this whole woke movement and, you know, he's, 
gone on record a couple times just talking about how like the left has gone so far left in this whole woke movement you know and he was on you know the other night and just talking about how you know Lynn manuel miranda he went on and you know offered a public apology talking about how he missed the mark and this and that and i think bill maher was right in saying that i i, I don't think that he really he apologized to apologize right just to kind of but I think he kind of went back after the apology, scratching his head, thinking, I, I don't know why I had to apologize for that. So, I mean, here's, let, let me, let me turn it around. Let's say for instance, let's say for instance, they cast, I'm just, just for, you know, arbitrarily speaking, they cast 50% of the cast for that movie was, was black Latinos. Okay. And the other half was, and again, this is a very terrible, not that it's terrible terminology, but it's probably not the appropriate terminology, if you will. Let's say the other half was brown Latinos. Okay, let's say the, 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 the prototypical olive-skinned Hispanics, uh, which, is, which is pretty typical of, of Latin America. Let's be very, very honest. That's, that's typically what we see. And then let's say they, they completely left out all white Latinos that live in the Dominican Republic, in Puerto Rico, in Mexico, in Cuba, and things of that nature. Would anybody have, have said anything about that at that time? I mean, you're, you're literally keeping out a large portion of that, of, of that population. Uh, you're keeping out a large race of that particular population. Would that be a problem? What about if they cast all black Latinos they cast no Caucasian Latinos, no, no, um, um, no, I, it, it, and again, there's, I don't know if there's any real term for it. We'll say the native Latinos, the ones with darker skin that aren't black and they're not, they're not Caucasian. W would that have been a bad thing to do? I, I, I think it's, it's all based on context. I mean, if it, 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 a good portion of Puerto Ricans are, are per, are basically represented by what you saw in that movie the the dark skinned not not dark skinned like you know brown tan skinned uh uh native puerto ricans <laughs> to to cast you know half black and and the other half white latinos would not have been a good portrayal at all it's a snapshot of what of what the what the artist is trying to say like he th this is the 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 message this is the the what he's trying to um show the audience and and it's okay it's fine if they wanted to cast all black latinos with you know for the struggles that that, that they've seen in america that's fine if they wanted to to cast you know all all caucasian latinos that's fine too it's it, it it's all what the artist wants to do it, yeah, just I think stop best, bitching about everything. Right. I think the best way to, to put it out there is to, you know, it's not so much that he missed the mark. I mean, it's just that the, you're, the people that are complaining about it are missing the story. It's uh -huh. about the story. And, and exactly you know, from, from what you're saying, the struggles that they, they, you know, that had been gone through during this period that they're, they're trying to portray. And it's not supposed to be about the imagery. You know what I mean? It's just like we said just before. I mean, this is the same individual that cast black and Hispanic people to yeah. play the forefathers who were Caucasian as, as could be. I mean, <laughs> yeah, and it's it's okay. It's 
it's artwork, but it's it's the message, it's the meaning behind the artwork that's important. But people just want to, they want to go off on tangents because they they want to have their 15 minutes of fame. They, it's it's about virtue signaling. It's about trying to be more woke than the next person. It's just like I, it, quite frankly, people are getting tired of it. They they really I I I've been tired of it from the beginning to be honest. I'm tired of people bitching about everything and saying that, you know, you're being insensitive to this and sensitive to that. And it, it just goes to show that, that these, these woke people will cannibalize each other just to show the rest of the world how woke they are compared to the next person. They will, they will completely eat each other alive because it's not really about it's not really about the ethics or the meaning behind what they're trying to do. It's, it's just trying to show power over other people. And if that's really what the basis is for what you're trying to do, if you're trying to raise awareness uh, and you're doing it because you're trying to flex your muscle, then that's, you're, you're, you're not accomplishing anything. You're just as bad as the people you're trying to um, go up against. Okay, the, the people that, that you portray as being evil are no different from you because you're doing the same thing as the quote-unquote evil people are doing. So just shut up, watch the fucking film, and enjoy it, and that's it. And shut up. If I didn't say it, shut up. That's it. <laughs> Speaking of, of woke culture, 90, 1990's one-hit wonder, Macy Gray, is pushing for a new American flag. Um, did you hear about this? Is she even relevant anymore? <laughs> I apparently this is her attempt to be relevant because did, did you see that she's saying that the the blue the blue field with the white stars should still remain the same, although they should add stars one for Washington D.C., one for Puerto Rico. Even though every time I, I hear Puerto Rico voting to become a state, they it's it's turned down. But nonetheless, uh, she wants that the the. The red could remain the same because it stands for valor. However, the white stripes need to be changed because it stands for purity. And I think her argument is that there's nothing pure about the United States. And I don't think there's anything pure about any country. Every country is, no. is formed with, no. with violence. That's how we <laughs> establish borders. That's how even states have established borders. That's it's 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 just fascinating to hear people shit on the United States as much as they do. People who live here, who who are afforded freedoms that would not be able to have the same freedoms in certain other countries. Try pulling that shit in Saudi Arabia. Try pulling that shit in United Arab Emirates or or uh, or Qatar or or uh, Oman or try doing that in Iraq or, or Iran. See how far that gets you, shitting on, on everything like that, where you don't have the same freedom of speech against your government as, as you do here. Go ahead and try that. I mean, move to those other countries, try it out for a couple of years, see how it works, and then come back. Let us know how that works for you. You know, a, a lot of these celebrities, um, you know, they, they, they keep talking about Canada as well. I don't know if you've heard any, anything about what happened with Canada recently. My, I, my wife literally just told me about this a couple of hours ago. You hear about what happened there? Where is this? Canada. What happened in Canada? So apparently they found some, I, I don't know if, if this terminology is correct, but some mass graves near these, near these uh, 
Catholic schools in various parts of Canada. And it is of native, native, uh, or natives like native Americans in Canada who were, who were kind of lured to these schools by, uh, white Catholics, uh, to try to convert them to Christianity. And a lot of them ended up going missing. And it just so happens a lot of these people, a lot of skeletons were found in mass graves and were identified as being the natives from those particular areas. So, you know, a lot of celebrities and these woke people talk about Canada and, and being great and all this other stuff. Look, I, I think to your point, every country, and this is no pun intended whatsoever, but every country has skeletons in their closet. Yes, every single there. one. Yeah. I totally didn't mean that, but it definitely just came out that way. But, you know, like I'm, I, we've talked about this multiple times. My ancestry is Italian. With, with Italy came the Roman Empire back in the day. Yes, the Romans did a lot of bad shit throughout that, that area of the world. But there's a lot of good that came out of the Roman Empire. Part of our government, part of what our founding fathers wanted to implement in terms of a successful government came from the Roman Empire the way its government was run. Same thing coming from the Greek Empire. They kind of took all the good parts from these areas and and put them together to form, you know, a, a hybrid government like what we have today. So, you know, just the shit on a country because of its bad parts doesn't always say that that country is completely bad. Because you can say that about any country. I mean, right now, Japan is our ally. <laughs> Back during World War II, they were our mortal enemies. At that same time, China was our, our ally because Japan was trying to invade them. And what do we have now? China is our mortal enemy. Things change over right. time. And that wasn't you know? that long ago. No, <laughs> 70 years it's ago, like, 80 it's years like ago. One whatever. person ago, <laughs> one lifetime ago. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, you know, for, for people to, to just to, to, to try to only look at all the bad that happened in a country, specifically this one, and and want to change our you know want to change us radically moving forward because of that is completely idiotic. I think what's important is that we acknowledge what bad happened in history, and ensure that we learn that and don't repeat that same mistake moving forward. I think that that's that's what we need to ensure that we understand as a society is that don't make that same mistake again. But we need to educate ourselves and our generations moving forward. This is what happened. It was bad. It's just like, it's just like anything else in life. You know, you, you do something, it, it doesn't work out the way you thought it was going to, it was going to work out, but you learn from the experience. And then when you move forward, if you encounter a situation like that, you know how to maneuver around it because you don't want to make the same mistake again. Same thing with history. It's okay. It's okay to learn about the bad parts of our history so we don't repeat them again. It's, it's that simple. But to change, you know, like to change the flag just because you think, you know, we're not 100% pure, then, <laughs> you know, it's just, it's, it's just ridiculous. It really yeah, is. I was just kind of scrolling through the, the article that, you know, that has a lot of the sound bites from that article op-ed piece i guess that she wrote but saying that you know the stars should be more like america and different shades and you know taking melanin into consideration but 
I I see this like I mean white is just white on blue stands out more. I mean yeah. I'm not trying to make an argument like yeah no black people shouldn't be represented on the on an American flag. But some of the other arguments I hear is if you have one of those like a blue lives matter uh, flag, you have no room to to argue. I, I don't think that anybody suggested that that flag be added to replace the red, white, and blue. I think it's just no, added. It it's just like a you know, it's just there, there's also this, you know what I mean? It's just kind of, I don't know. I think it's they're missing, just, speaking of missing the mark, I think they're missing the mark with these arguments. That's <laughs> yeah, basically exactly. what I'm getting at. Yeah. But the thing is, is it, what's interesting to me is that somebody who, I mean, hasn't had a hit in God knows how long. Um, and that's, you know, I mean, everybody's entitled to their own opinion and look at us with our ham radio show. But, you know, <laughs> putting it out there like, you know, I, I just don't think that. Why is it? Here's a better approach to it. Why is it that, you know, Hollywood elites or, you know, people of that nature feel that, you know, anything that they put out should just gain traction. And, you know, like who is what position is she in that she feels like, hey, I'm going to start a movement and I'm going to change the flag that. Betsy Ross came up with. Granted, Betsy Ross was the circle, you know what I mean? The 13 colonies, which, you know, and that's another thing. I mean, over centuries now, our flag has undergone several makeovers, right? Same premise, but, you know, it's, it obviously looks quite different than it did in 1776. Yeah. Yeah. Without a doubt. I actually, as I was reading uh, on uh, an article on, on her, you know, her, her, her decision to try to become relevant again. It mentioned how I think the last time the flag was changed was in 1952 after Alaska and Hawaii, um, yeah. Hawaii were added as states to the union. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it the the flag the flag is symbolic of what the country stands for. It's not symbolic of a certain race it's not representative only of white people it's not representative only of uh you know uh, other things it's it's representative of the meaning behind the country itself i i like it i i don't see a reason why it needs to be changed at all Uh, not that my opinion matters but if she really wants to have it changed then maybe she should run for Congress or run for the Senate or run for the presidency, whatever she wants to do and put a bill forth to try to get the flag changed. If that's really what she wants, I mean, I can guarantee you it's not going to be a very popular thing that she's trying to go after, but you know, a couple ideas, right? Yeah. I mean, because other than that, your opinion is irrelevant. So (laughs) it's, you can, you can pontificate all you want about this. Sorry, Mesa Gray, but you're irrelevant when it comes to this. Mildly offensive that you don't really think Macy Gray holds relevance. No, she doesn't. (laughs) 30 years after her song. Uh, I'm trying to bring up an article. (laughs) So I, I don't know if you had a chance to see this, but apparently there was a question on Jeopardy 
in which the answer suggested that <laughs> a heart was not as large as it should be. And it was referred to as a uh, Grinch syndrome. Grinch, Grinch syndrome. Yeah. Grinch heart. Yeah. Let's so, see if I can find that. Yeah. I, I, was, I just pulled it up here. So Savannah Guthrie was hosting and uh, I, I, you got to find this because this is your wheelhouse here. Postural <laughs> orthostatic tachycardia syndrome is also known as Grinch syndrome because this organ is too small. The answer was, what is the heart? People were offended by that. Like Jeopardy wasn't saying that people with this condition are all a bunch of Grinches. I, I, I just, I, I find that I find it funny to be honest. My pronunciation. (laughs) No, just this whole, the, the, the outrage of something like this. I, I read through that article and I saw like some people had posted on Twitter. I have POTS disease, but I'm not a Grinch by any stretch of the imagination. I find this offensive. I'm like, really? Really? Are, are you <laughs> really offended? I, I mean, if, if this if this is what offends you, you live a pretty fucking good life. Let me tell you that much. <laughs> it's amazing. I, I just, I, I don't know. I <sighs> Is POTS syndrome, is it something that's common i mean obviously it's not common where everybody has it but like is it something like i've never heard of it to be quite honest i, I didn't know it was actually a thing i mean i've heard of, of of orthostatic hypertension usually due to you know changes in posture so like typically you know or, orthostatic hyper or orthostatic hypotension is is when um is when your your blood pressure drops when your blood pressure drops, when you change position, meaning like you go from lying down to sitting up or sitting up to standing up. When you do that too fast, your, your, your uh, cardiovascular system doesn't adjust fast enough and your blood pressure will drop, making you kind of dizzy because now your brain's not getting enough blood. So that's why you get lightheaded if you stand up too quick sometimes. Exactly. Exactly. And in some conditions, even if you're on certain blood pressure medications, it can happen more often. Now, this seems to be a, an interesting physiological condition where your heart is smaller than normal, and it, so you're you're uh, uh, more prone to to postural hy- uh, uh, po- uh, hypotension just by the mere fact that your heart can't keep up with your rapid changes in blood pressure or flow of blood throughout your body. So your heart has to has to beat faster, and that's the tachycardia portion. To make up for the for the loss in in, uh, in in systemic vascular resistance, I would have thought it was hilarious if you said, "I'm not really sure what POTS syndrome is, but I know what Grinch syndrome is." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I've I've never heard of Grinch syndrome. I mean, I in ten years clinical practice, never probably never encountered anybody with this quote unquote Grinch syndrome. But I, it just I, I don't know I. I so if what is somebody going uses on the it? term lazy eye, am I supposed to be offended by that because I have a lazy eye? Like, is that something like, guess we, so. have to, we have to tiptoe around? So funny, today uh, was day one of the Travelers Insurance Open uh, PGA tournament here in Cromwell, yeah. Connecticut. I went today, had the fortune of uh, meeting up with, uh, ran into uh, Paulina Gretzky, uh, Wayne Gretzky's daughter, um, model, 
super friendly people she was just taking pictures with everybody she was standing right next to me and i was like listen I, I, after i saw a couple people take pictures with her just, i said i was like listen I, I know a million people are taking pictures with you but you go would you mind she's like oh yeah absolutely so then a friend of mine a couple minutes later he was he was asking and he just went to do like a whole like just he started grabbing his phone she's like no no just not a selfie and she's <laughs> like i, I got a, I got too many of them and I got like a lazy eye and this and that. I'm like hearing her say that. I'm like, hey, yeah, me too. Uh, <laughs> but it was it was kind of funny, just super friendly. But it was like it was funny just watching like everybody take pictures with her all day. Like I, I'm just like I think she just wants to watch her husband play fucking golf. And who who is her husband? Uh, Dustin Johnson currently. So this oh, okay. is a woman who had no stress most likely most of her life. So she's the daughter of arguably the greatest hockey player to ever play the game. Mm-hmm. And she's like an Instagram model or model in general. And her husband is the number one golfer on the planet right now for the past two years. Not bad. Yeah, she's, she's like, she doesn't know what it's like to hit a pothole. <laughs> Probably. Although if, if she came here over the winter, I'm sure she would have hit them enough. But it was interesting. I, I, she was super friendly, like I said. I talked to her for a few minutes. Well, I think it was like a break where people didn't really know who she was in the area she was or everybody that already that wanted to get a picture with her already did. Yeah. But, you know, I was just asking her, you know, I'm seeing people walk up to her constantly. I'm like, it's a little bit different with people here this year, huh? And she's like, oh, no. she's like, oh, well, I, I didn't realize what you were saying. Yeah, no, no, I, I didn't come last year. I was like, oh, really? She's like, yeah, I wasn't able to because of the whole COVID thing. And I was like, well, you're his, you're his wife. Like, you figure yeah. like you guys kind of live together. I'm sure you guys sleep in the same bed. And she, she <laughs> laughed. She's like, yeah, it's just the whole thing with the kids and everything. It's just too many moving parts. They just yeah. want no, to make keep sense. And the thing was, is, you know, thinking about it now, um, I think the Travelers was either the second or third um, tournament after the restart last year. So, okay. so yeah, I mean, there was, there was nobody there to, to really celebrate the win, but it was cool to be there. It was cool to be at a, at a, an event where, you know, you're hearing the roars of the crowd and it was capped off at 10,000 people, which outside spread apart 10,000 people over 18 holes. You would think that it would get pretty thin, but some of these, you know, big draws, I mean, Phil Mickelson's a huge draw. Yeah. Dustin Johnson, a huge huge draw and a lot of these ricky fowler played in the tournament this year another huge draw but these groups i think there was like four groups pretty much back to back to back to back that all had big draws and it was really pulling pulling the crowds and it was cool to be part of it it was cool to see see everybody out and about that's good cool yeah absolutely but uh sticking with the theme there's a theme here obviously if you haven't noticed it's a outrage. It's a it's a checklist of different outrage culture moments <laughs> that happened over the past two weeks. Moving moving on, we have uh, Billie Eilish now um, at 20 years old. Um, she is in hot water because there was a TikTok video where she is mouthing an anti Asian slur when she was 13 years old. Wow. Mm. So the thing was is I had to look into this because I was like, how was she? She was she just. She just randomly just mouthed an Asian slur. And I don't know what the word was in the several articles that I tried to pull up to find out what she actually said. Of course, they don't want to divulge the actual 
were. Um, although, what is this? The video came days after Billy Anderson allegedly accused of, quote unquote, okay, this is a quotations, queer baiting on her latest song, Lost Cause, in the alleged video posted by a TikTok user. The 19 year old is caught using the word, uh, I, I could only guess this word is cock, while lip syncing lip syncing to the song Fish by Tyler the Creator. Oh, chank. That's the word, chank. Uh, uh, okay. So, okay. Well, I, I, I can see that as being, you know, mildly offensive. I get it. It's not something that yeah. you wouldn't want to hear. Um, but the thing is, is like, she's 19. It happened when she was 13. Uh-huh. Making a big deal about it now. But not only that. Okay, it's it's a song "Fish" by Tyler the Creator. He actually used the word in his what song. Tyler the Creator. He's a he's a rapper. Mm. But do you understand my point? Like it's it's he he wrote the song. He he sang the song. She's singing along with it. He's not Asian either, so it's okay for him to use that word in singing his song. But somebody mm-hmm. that sings his song along, then all of a sudden they're the suspect and he's just a bystander. If anything, he 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 did it first. How is he getting a pass yeah. in this? You know, I, you know, you know what I think we need with all this is people to just not care. I mean, is is this really is this really relevant? Is this really going to make like you know the world a, a much, much more horrific place than it already is? I, no, it's not. But is it, it going to make the world any better than what it is? No. So I think the point is that it's irrelevant. Who cares what she did seven years ago? She's a kid. I mean, she's exactly. still kind of a kid if she's only twenty years old now. But I mean, people do stupid shit their whole life. I'm sure, if you scroll through my my Facebook page from back when I first joined, what in two thousand nine or something like that. Sure, I posted some stupid shit. I see some stuff that, like, you know, ends up coming up kind of like on your timeline from years ago. On this date in 2015, you said this. I'm like, oh, why did I? Why did I say that? It's kind of weird. Yeah, um, I've been doing it a lot, like, also. Yeah, I like. I wonder what was going on that made what I, I like what I said here make sense. Yeah. But agreed. Yeah, I, it's interesting, but the thing is, is that you know, I mean, and you're seeing this constantly because I think there was, there's athletes that are at the top of their game. You know, they're they're looking like college athletes. They're ready to go pro, and then all of a sudden, somebody digs through their Twitter feed from, you know, 2013. And mind you, these guys are in college, so 2013. What were these guys if they're 23 now? You know what I mean? They're they're also yeah, 16. You know, they're teenagers. They're Haven't even gotten their fucking driver's license yet. Right. They're kids. And all of a sudden, you're yeah. going to hold them to this standard where you're not going to say anything and you're not going to make any mistakes. And it's just, but I, the, the part that irks me about that whole thing is that she was singing along to a song that was already written by somebody else. She wasn't making up words. Those words were already part of the song. Yeah. So how, how come he's not getting in trouble for like writing that word into his own song, but yet she's singing along to the song? And she's, it just blows my mind, this double but standard. The, and it's just, this is, but it's just like you were saying, you, I mean, you've used the term before and you've used it even even tonight. And this, this virtue signaling, it's just, we have to say something. 
you know what I mean? It's like, we have yeah. to find something. We have to point it out because, you know, by doing so we are somewhat somehow virtuous. But, but you're not, I mean, all, all you are is you're, you're, you're a parasite for lack of better description. That's all you are. You you're out there looking for an, you are very opportunistic. You're out there looking for an opportunity to show the whole world that you are holier than, than everybody else. But are you really? I mean, uh, that, 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 that this is, it, it's, it really is the definition of a parasite. It's somebody who, who has to latch on to another ideology or another person's um, uh, demise or weakness in order for you to thrive. That's what a parasite does. A parasite or a virus. I, I mean, is, is that really how you want to be portrayed by society? as being a parasite or, or, a, or a virus, why, what makes you feel any better knowing that you're a blood-sucking thing that latches onto another living organism just to make yourself survive, to make yourself relevant? Why don't you go out there and do something constructive? Why don't you go out there and try to figure out, you know, one, try to figure out how to, how to solve one of the problems in the world? How about you do that instead of going out there looking through somebody's TikTok feed or, or fucking Facebook feed to see, you know, where they tripped up and, and then exploit that for your own gain. You're a fucking vampire. You're, you're a parasite. That's all you are. Good God almighty. Like, what, what is wrong with people nowadays? It's amazing. Uh, well, speaking of constructing... Um, something that we <laughs> something that we talked about last episode was I just really uh, hate people I really do <laughs> I, I get it and this is somebody that I know you have strong feelings against but you know this uh, Nancy Pelosi she's now set to construct her own commission to look into the January 6th insurrection I'm sure that's going to be very revealing now I the thing is is like we pretty much already know for the most part what happened, right? I mean, I don't know what this is going to really dig up, but uh, you know for a fact this whole thing is going to be geared towards one individual who's no longer president. But the thing is, is that, you know, I mean, this, argue, this, this article that I'm staring at right now, it starts off by saying nearly a month after Senate Republicans blocked the move to vote on an outside commission to probe January 6th attacks on the Capitol. Well, uh, excuse me, the Capitol House Speaker Nancy Pelosi said she'll move forward with plans to launch a select, a select committee to take over the probe. Now, here's the problem, okay? This is her saying that she is going to move forward with plans to launch a select committee, which means she's picking the team, which means she's only going to be selecting people with her own agenda. This isn't going to be somebody that's going to be looking at it like the, you know, like the Warren Commission, you know, or or no. people looking into September 11 and like the whole thing, like these are people like that are going to be geared to find this, make sure this, you know, this narrative, make it work. You know what I mean? I, it's, it's selection bias. I mean, if, if you're going to pick people, if you are, uh, you know, uh, if you have, a certain bias, which if you're a Republican or a Democrat and you, you conjure up your own team or commission, then you automatically have a bias. Um, 
you know, whether it's relative or, or not is a, is a different story, but you, you, there is an inherent bias there altogether. So what are you looking to find? What are you looking to, 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 to dredge up? I, why don't you, why don't you work with one of your, what, with one of your Republican colleagues to say, Hey, you know what? Since we couldn't get a bill through, why don't we do something on our own and do it where it looks like it's not biased, where we, we legitimately want to find the reason why this happened back on January 6th. I can live with that. But the problem is, is that when you look at a lot of these politicians, especially somebody like Mitch McConnell or Nancy Pelosi that, that has been in, in office for 30 years, you know that they have an agenda. You know that they're not doing something just out of the goodness of their heart for the benefit of the American people. They're doing it because of they are looking to gain something for themselves and for their side. That's that's pretty much what it comes down to. So as far as I'm concerned, you know, her efforts are legit are, are illegitimate until proven otherwise. Um, if they came out with some, you know, some some completely unbiased um revelation then maybe i can accept it more but for for face value right now it's completely irrelevant as far as i'm concerned 100 percent. and the thing is is that you know talking about this last time you actually got me on board with your argument that this is something that should be investigated and Mm -hmm. you turn you changed my feelings on it because i was like you know I know I started out this conversation by saying we pretty much already know what happens, but I think there's a lot of loopholes that, you know, I mean, we know that there wasn't enough security there. I mean, we know what the problems were and it would be interesting to look into finding out how those lapses in security actually happened. Like who dropped the ball here? People should be held accountable for it. I I agree with that. Yeah. But we're loading this. I mean, it could be that, you know, Sergeant, what's his fuck over here? He failed to do his job in assigning X amount of people here. You know what I mean? Just different checks and balances were missed. But instead, I feel like it's it's not that's not going to be what's targeted in this investigation. And instead, those are going to be overlooked just so we could point point more fingers towards an indictment for for Trump. I mean, just say it, right? Yeah, that's 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 exactly what it is. I'm sure it's, it's going to be more more of and and I, I would I would probably be making the same argument if Mitch McConnell said I'm going to put a, a, some sort of team together to investigate this, or if it was just a group of Republicans did it, or a group of Democrats. You're 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 signaling to the rest of the nation that you are putting a, a biased team together to find evidence that fits your narrative. That's the wrong approach. I am I'm, I'm sorry. I mean, I, I if, if if Mitch McConnell had did that, I'm sure that the findings would be, oh, Antifa was was behind this, or Black Lives Matter was was behind this as like this this you know this uh, a false flag type of thing that occurred, and they wanted to to make it look like Trump supporters were the ones that that perpetrated this. But then again, if Nancy Pelosi does it, they're going to say, oh, this was white supremacists that that were. That were predominantly Trump supporters that that, that that perpetrated all this, and this is why you need to go after, uh, you know, you know, white people who supported Trump and all this other stuff. I, I mean, th- those are those are complete biases, and I, you can't be taken seriously if this is what you're going to do. So for for somebody like her to just do this, it's just political theater, is all it is. 
I mean, the report that came out a while back really showed that there were serious lapses in security, especially with, with, the, with the Metro Police Department um, there in Washington, D.C., and at all levels in terms of like, you know, requesting for the National Guard and not enough of a, of a response for that. And then when it, the communication that day that was trying to go on just wasn't was not working at all for whatever reason. I don't know why. Um, I, I, there, there, there's enough evidence as to the breakdown of the system that allowed this to happen. Now, the real question from there, and I, I know we, we talked about this uh, a couple episodes ago, was um, why did this happen? How did it happen? Was this something that really was spontane spontaneous or was this coordinated? That's what we need to get to the bottom of. Uh, because I guarantee you, if it was something coordinated, I'm sure there is other stuff that is being coordinated that's similar to what happened on that particular day. So that's what I'd like to, to find out. But to have, you know, to have somebody in Congress that is a polarizing figure on one side of the political spectrum or another that is just going to go at this alone really tells me that they're not they're not they're not really interested in getting to the bottom of this. They're, they're interested in, in uh, confirming their own bias on either side of the political spectrum, just for political theater. And at that point, for me, the findings are, are somewhat ir irrelevant because you're, again, the findings are more than likely going to be biased and not going to be completely fair and balanced. I agree with you. I mean, if we're going to look into this, we need to find out where the ball was dropped and where else, the, you know, exactly. the ball is potentially being dropped going forward I and mean, where these lapses in security took place and not mm -hmm. you know, like, you know, putting the blame uh, where, you know, where they just want to like a game of pin a tail on a donkey, basically. Uh -huh. So it's finally happened. A transgender runner, CC Telfer, she is unable to run Olympic trials due to eligibility rules. So apparently, um, her testosterone levels were inaccurate, or well, not inaccurate, <laughs> but they weren't where they they needed to be. So Telford they at the trials held in Eugene, Oregon, but was not allowed to compete based on the World Athletics guidelines released in 2019. The, re the regulations require runners international women's event between 400 meters and one mile to have testosterone levels below five nanomoles per mm -hmm. liter for a span of 12 months so she failed to meet that criteria see this is what's happening when you're trying to play god with yourself yeah it doesn't just work out but no it doesn't this is the first instance that we're seeing this you know i mean we've talked about this time and time again you know and especially as the olympics rapidly approach i think, think they, be, they begin the 23rd of july mm -hmm. Um, but you know, I mean, we're starting to see this introduced across on a, on a global scale. I mean, we've talked about this several times in this power lifter from New Zealand. I think the United States has an alternate or maybe another country has an alternate in BMX trials. Um, who's also transgender, but it, it's crazy. I mean, you have to take a substance to decrease your testosterone levels to be yeah. able to compete as a woman yeah and and why but we want to because you're a dude <laughs> but we want to pretend right we just want to keep it yeah we we just we just want to you know 
pretend like this isn't true and and you know say you know trust the science and the science keeps telling us that you are you have testosterone levels that are similar to a man because guess what you are a man biologically and yet in your mind you think you are a woman I, I, I've been listening to, to one of the more recent Joe Rogan podcasts where he had a, a Harvard professor, um, Carol Hooven, I oh, believe her name is. That was a great episode. Yep. Yes. I know exactly what you're talking about. Very, very good. And, and, you know, like she, she makes a good argument that, that, you know, testosterone is a very big, is a huge difference between males and females where obviously males produce a lot more testosterone than females do. And it's really evident by not just our physical stature compared to females, but, you know, our strength, our psychology, our, our, you know, our willingness to, to, to fight to the death if we have to, for whatever reason, it, it, it makes men who they are compared to women. You take testosterone away from men, and we get emasculinated. Yes, we'll still have our, our, you know, our all of our sex organs to be the same as other males, but psychologically speaking, physiologically speaking, we we I, I don't want to say we degenerate into into what into what women are, but we 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 lose a lot of what makes us men, which is muscle mass, bone density um our our psychology even the way we think versus women we're men are more risk takers than than women and testosterone has a lot to do with that it's not to say that's right or wrong it's just it's a fact of nature it's a fact of our biology as as you know uh, uh I, I almost said a bisexual species we're not bisexual by any stretch of imagination but you know, we are a, a two gender species, just like most other living organisms on the face of the earth. That's not what Facebook tells us. There's 28 gender. There's, there's 48, 58, 58 genders. Yeah. And yeah. You're off by 30 the, the first time. Yeah. I'm a two exactly. spirit. Yeah. I'm trans, trans something asterisks. <laughs> I don't fucking know anymore. I don't know. It's like you, you spin like the little thing like you <laughs> and then whatever one it lands on. <laughs> Yeah, this is how I'm going to dress today. But it's it, you know, it, I'm Frankenstein. So oh, here, here, here's here's the thing. I was kind of think about it as I was listening to that to that podcast, and then you know, coming back to what you're talking about the Olympics. I mean, uh, here's here's my thing. Fine, if you are uh, in the 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 term that she used that this this professor Carol Hooven uh, used throughout the podcast was. It's to describe somebody who is biologically a male or a female is a natal male, meaning that you are born as a male, or a natal female, meaning you are born as a female, but then eventually, over you know, with time, you decide to transition to the other gender. So what I was thinking was, you know, it, it, I'm not opposed to, to 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 transgender people being athletes. I mean, that's that's perfectly fine. You want to be an athlete? I I have no. I have no objection to that. And, and I'm, I'm of the mindset, and I think you are too, kind of what Joe Rogan was, was suggesting is that when it comes to competition, especially in sports, in some sort of physical competition, 
there is a distinct difference between men and women. So they, what he had mentioned on, on the program was, and I think you mentioned it in a previous episode, if you take the, the, uh, the fastest sprinter, fastest female sprinter um, in the world, gold medal, gold medalist and all that other stuff, professional sprinter, there are several hundred high school boys every year that can break her record easily. Why is that? I mean, why is it that there there's an adult female Olympic sprinter can get outrun by high school level boys every year? Because males are built differently, physiologically speaking. We have more muscle mass. We are heavier. We have more fast twitch muscle fibers. We have more bone density. We have more testosterone. That's what drives us to really be physiologically males. So what I was thinking was, if you want to compete, if you are a natal male transitioning to a, a woman, to a female, then maybe, maybe you should be required to have minimized testosterone levels comparable to what a, 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 you know, a, a cis female would have. Maybe that's what they should do. And maybe you have to go through a period of a year or two where you lose muscle mass to, to put you on the same level as, as, you know, cis females. I, I don't know. I, it, it, if, if that's what we have to do to level the playing field, I'm okay with it. I'm fine. If, if that's what you want to do, if you are a natal male transitioning to female and you want to compete with, with, with females, with, with women, then maybe you should have your, your testosterone levels dropped very low comparable to what women typically have because let's face it testosterone is a big advantage when it comes to competition this is why some a lot of people do anabolic steroids and testosterone is a huge part of it because it is a literal fucking game changer it makes you into into like literally an alpha male silverback gorilla if you take enough of it it really does whether it's men or women it, it turns you into a wild animal. It, it makes you physically stronger. So maybe to compete with other women, maybe you should drop your testosterone levels to a comparable level that, that females have. Isn't it I'd funny okay how in that. every argument we like to use this term, trust the science, you know, from a certain side. And then when it comes to something like this, it's like, well, science isn't really that accurate. Right. You know, the thing is, is trust the science. We started say, this off by the, saying, go ahead, I'm sorry. No, I'll say for them, it's trust the science only when it's convenient to, to, to confirm their own biases or, or to confirm their own argument. When it's to challenge their argument, they say, no, the science, the science is, is wrong. Absolutely. Oh, okay. So, 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 so let's build so on let's, that, though. Let's, let's build on that. Like we said that there's the 58 genders, right? Yeah. We said that there's 58 genders, but we're saying that these individuals don't check any of the boxes per se without expanding to 58 genders right so their gender is not men it's not woman it's trans man or trans man asterisk or whatever the fuck else right but th this event is the men's 400 but your gender doesn't conform to men's 400 your gender is not men's you're, you're saying you're filling out this, you know, this whatever sub box, and you're saying yourself that your gender is 
two spirit or whatever the fuck it is. <laughs> so clearly that is not, that, that doesn't fit, you know, square, square peg and round hole kind of thing. It's just, <laughs> not, you, you just said that yeah. that's not your gender. Like, are we going to have to change the, the Olympics to like the cisgender male 400? Yeah. Cisgender right. male hurdles. Yeah. I mean, transgender reptilian asterisk two spirit. that's just like do you think that in the future it would be like adding maybe two two different categories like not saying you know in this year's last year's olympics you know this year we're having the 2020 olympics but like who knows years from now you know even three olympics from now because this is going to keep expanding Right. I mean, oh, yeah, a, this isn't a movement that's shrinking by any stretch of the imagination. Like this is this is this has been unleashed. It's going to keep, keep keep blowing up. So do you think that it's going to be over time something that gets more accepted? Because it's got to go one way or the other. It either has to get more accepted or you have to have a separate category. I, I don't know. I, I guess the, the real question you have to ask yourself is, will the Olympic Commission allow it to happen? Because I think. I think it'll it'll drive a lot of people away from actually watching the Olympics. Personally, I agree. Um, I, I think that's pretty pretty valid statement. Yeah, I, I I for me the Olympics represent uh, you know uh, literally a tradition that goes that spans back thousands of years. Not it's not something recent. I mean, yeah, I mean the Olympics as we know it nowadays has only been around, what, 100 years or so, maybe a little over 100 years. Um, but, I mean, the Olympics in its tradition, its history, is spanned back really to the Greek Empire in terms of, like, what they did for, for you know, looking at, 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 you know, athletic competition and things of that nature. It, it represents, uh, it represents a, a elite athletes, Okay, in, in certain in certain um, in certain competitions, and it, it's it, maybe more recent within the past century. It, it's it's really allowed for men and women, and it's really a display of really the most elite athletes in men's and women's competition, and it, it's it, it you know if you take all the, the medals away and all that other stuff, and you really look at how much they've, they've developed themselves over time and the amount of work they've had to put into developing themselves, it's very impressive to see that. And it's, it's really, uh, it's, it's a feat of, 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 um, of human psychology to really break through barriers where you're, you're, you're limiting yourself in terms of athletic performance or, or competitive performance, things of that nature. And it's, it's really, it's really, um, uh, I, I mean, it's, it's hard to find the words of what I'm actually trying to say with this in terms of, it's really awesome to see how these people develop themselves into these elite athletes for these competitions and execute on these things with almost perfection. It's very impressive to see these specimens of humanity perform. That's really what the attraction has been to the Olympics for thousands of years. But now to take attraction or to, to take to, to 
to take the attraction away from that and toward more of this social movement of trans athletes, it, it's going to turn a lot of people off because now you're getting away from the history, you're getting away from the tradition of what the Olympics represent. I personally, I'm turned off by that. Um, and not that I don't, it's not that I don't think that, you know, trans athletes should be able to compete, but I think it really should be a level playing field. If you want to have a category of trans athletes, it's fine by me. I still don't have much of an interest in seeing that. I would probably much rather watch, you know, female powerlifters really work hard at, at what they had to do, as opposed to have this, this, you know, biological male come in and just fucking blow through female records. And everybody be, you know, clapping and in awe of that when it's not a level, it's not a level playing field anymore. It really isn't. Because if you wanted to make, if you wanted to, to have this like that, then just completely mix all the athletes together. You would never have any women winning any, any medals because the men would dominate every single, every single event, every single competition. So, you know, to, to, to have these, and I hate to use this word, but this is essentially what it comes down to. You have these imposters coming in. They're essentially cheating. And yet nobody is blinking an eye at that because nobody wants to call it out for what it is. I have a problem with that. I really do. I think it really takes away from if you have a man, biological man who is transitioning to woman who now wants to compete with women. I'm sorry, but physically speaking, you are from a strength stamina endurance standpoint you are superior to women it's 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 a fact of nature it's a fact of nature that you are stronger bigger faster than than the vast majority of other elite women athletes and from uh, it's not a lot of everything there no no no, it's definitely not but aside from all those arguments that you just made and each one of them is completely valid in my opinion but you know, beyond that is one thing that we've always strived to do and we, we still strive to do, you know, with, you know, with the, with the, the World Anti-Doping Agency and, and, you know, the IOC and every country has their own things. Remember, uh, years ago, Russia faced all sorts of sanctions because they found out that their, their country was basically sponsoring its own doping campaign. But one thing that we've always run into as far as the Olympics has been, it's been a fight to keep the sports pure, right? And keeping the sports pure, making sure that there was no hormones added. You know, we, we weren't modifying the body, right? Aside from general nutrition and, you know, fitness, right? That's basically what they wanted to do. And certain list of, you know, substances that, that people could use, whether it be, you know, just like a basic, you know, amino acids or, or creatine or, or, you know, or, or just protein powders in general. But now we're starting to get away from that and we're introducing, you know, either hormone removal or, or hormone addition, like, you know what I mean? Just to make it an individual fit into whatever category it is that they choose to compete with. And I think that's the biggest issue. And, and that's the thing that we need to look at the most because I understand so, you know, all these unfair advantages that a man would have in facing a woman, we're still basically playing God and and manipulating the hormones of the individual, which is something that, you know, all these agencies have been constructed to do away with. But now we're saying that it's okay, as long as you're trying to compete as the opposite gender of what you really are. So you're incapable of producing these hormones. Well, the thing is, is that, you know, if, 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 if you're not able to produce, you know, 
if, if as a man, you're not producing as much testosterone, you're not building as much muscle, you're not building as much strength, you know, that's just something that you're, you're naturally inept, right? You're not going to be the best power lifter. You're just, you, you're not built that way. And each person is built different. And that's pretty much the whole spectacle, like you were just talking about of the Olympics in itself, because you're trying to see these superhumans, you know what I mean? But you're trying yeah. to see these superhumans for what they are. And those are their natural beings without altering themselves. Because, yeah. you know, and I'll, I'll inject the word once again, the purity of the sport. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think that's the biggest part that's lost through all this because, you know, we're not dealing yeah, with Yeah, you're, you're right. I mean, that's natural anymore. You're dealing with somebody who's been altered. Exactly. And that's, that, that's the, that, that definitely takes away from, from the tradition of what the Olympics represent, which is exactly, I, I, you, you couldn't have put it any better. The, the purity of it and, and these athletes working their ass off, optimizing everything they possibly could except for hormonal therapy, which we all know adds a distinct advantage to, to any athlete, anybody. So, you know, aside from that, optimizing nutrition, optimizing, uh, you know, lung capacity, uh, fast twitch muscle fibers, everything, everything outside of anything what you could control without supplementing, you know, your body with extra hormones. I think that that's what the alert tampering with this type of stuff just to like, you know, the argument I was making earlier in terms of, um, you know, maybe testosterone levels should all be within a certain range for all athletes within a certain category with certain, a certain competition, just to ensure a relatively level playing field amongst, you know, biological men and women and then trans men and women. I, I don't know, but Here's the insanity of all this. We're actually having an in-depth conversation about it. I think that that that's the, the more crazy part about it. Like this is where we are in the world right now, where where we are worried about the fairness of of trans athletes compared to you know biological males and females competing in the Olympics. We're we're living in in very interesting times. I, I don't want to say it's odd or weird. It, it is a little weird to be quite honest, if you just sit and think about it, but we're at a very, very interesting crossroads of humanity at this point in terms of what do we do moving forward from here? I honestly don't know. I don't have a good fucking answer for it whatsoever. And it'd be interesting to see, you know, look back five years from now to say, okay, I could see where we were then, you know, how did we do moving forward from here? It's just, it's very, very interesting where we are right now as, as a race. It's as a human race, and, and this is a worldwide yeah. thing. I mean, the Olympics aren't yeah. something that's just com competing within one country. I mean, we've already sure. talked about the fact that there's powerlifters from New Zealand, this runner that I mentioned, she was in trials from the United States, and who knows? I mean, every country is basically doing their trials now because they're trying to get the best team to go for next month's competition. So uh, who knows? Who knows? I mean, these might not be the only three that, that you know, that we're talking about when – you know, when those, that, that the torch gets lit on July 23rd. Mm -hmm. So you see this whole thing in a, I guess this condo collapsing in Miami, 99 people are unaccounted for. Have you seen this whole thing? Yeah, I did. I, I did see that. Is there any idea of what happened there yet? I haven't seen anything. I, I have no idea. Report, initial reports I saw were saying that they noticed that part of the building was starting to sink. 
it's insane to me the way that this thing just like basically tore in half and at 1 30 in the morning too could you imagine that you're just sleeping <laughs> and then you just Jesus. keep sleeping <laughs> yeah you go from a deep slumber to a dirt nap yeah it's terrible it's awful. my heart really goes out to uh what these people in Florida are dealing with. I mean, Miami's really had a rough go lately, right? They've had all these shootings, which I think are still ongoing. I think I don't think any of these things really got solved. Did that anything? Uh, I haven't heard anything with that nightclub where those individuals got out of the, the gun or out, got out of the car, started shooting at people in the uh, in the front of the building trying to go in, and then they took off. A few, I know that like a day or two later, they ended up finding the vehicle that they were in. It was submerged in like a little you know, watery a pond watery yeah pond or somewhere <laughs> yeah no i haven't i haven't seen anything sort of from that shootings and, and all this just yeah you know my my wife and i were talking about at dinner tonight and it's it's just interesting usually when you have things like that happen it's it's usually uh, an issue with the the architecture architecture of the building so the design of the building or and or the actual construction of the building itself. So the material used or whether it wasn't constructed to code and all that other stuff. One thing she, interesting that she mentioned is that, and I, I know I've seen this myself over the past few years, that Florida has had a major issue with sinkholes within the past few years. Just, you know, houses literally disappearing underground with these massive sinkholes that occur. Um, so I don't know if it's due to rising water tables that's causing erosion of the of the you know the foundation of these particular buildings and just causes them to collapse. I have no idea. Um, you know, you could probably make the argument of of earthquakes, but at the same time, um, why weren't other buildings in that same in, in that vicinity affected the same way if it was really an earthquake? So I I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. Um, either way, no matter, you know, what the cause was, it's, it's a fucking tragedy if 99 people are still missing at this point in time. It really is. It really is. Hopefully there's some good news on the horizon for the people of yeah. people Hopefully. Miami, Florida. So nearly all of the COVID deaths these days are, are from people who have not been vaccinated. So I've seen. <laughs> if there's ever been a, a reason to make sure that you get those vaccines, I think that's pretty, uh. Pretty solid reasons not to, and it's funny because what I was watching earlier, they were talking about this, and they went on to talk to somebody who was recently persuaded to to get the vaccine. It wasn't even that. I mean, it was like one of these things where it was just like, hey, you know, I was I, the local, I don't know, vaccination dispensary was offering free beers to anybody that got a vaccine, so I decided to go down and get it. Like. <laughs> asking him why he didn't get it he's you know he's saying that he was he was afraid it's, it's crazy to me because like people go through these these you know finding whatever it is that they want to to believe you know people want to believe something so you'll seek out the information that that supports your your position right so yep these people that just you know they want to think that this vaccine is so bad so they'll end up coming across an article where somebody had a, a bad reaction to, to it. Meanwhile, how many of these vaccinations were, were issued? You know, hundreds of millions have been dispensed so far and they find the one person who had a reaction. Meanwhile, every year there's how many fatalities 
just from Tylenol. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. I, I, it, you know, I, th I think a prime example is, of that is the report that came out, I believe yesterday in the CDC said that there seems to be a safety signal with these vaccines in relatively young, healthy adults who've gotten them and have developed, have gone on to develop um, um, the, the myocarditis that, that a lot of people have seen within the past month or two um, with the inflammation of the heart and so on and so forth. It's being kind of like a, a potential side effect of the vaccines themselves. And I, you know, I can imagine these anti-vaccine groups or anti-COVID vaccine groups that, you know, keep saying that it hasn't been tested enough and all this other stuff, you know, them latching onto this information and saying, see, I told you, this is the reason why we don't want to get the vaccine. This is why we want to give them to our children because it has a really bad side effect. But okay. I mean, from the beginning, right? I mean, remember there was the whole pandemic documentary where people were, were spreading this around. I said, see, yeah. I told you this was a government conspiracy. Meanwhile, Italy is being ravaged, you know, at the time. And, and a lot yeah. of these European countries are being ravaged at the time, but yet it's a United States conspiracy. Yeah. So I mean, like, you know, what, what I, what I would encourage people to do is really take a step before having an opinion on say, you know, this particular string of adverse reactions that have occurred. You really have to take a step back and before you formulate your own opinion, you really have to, you know, think about it you have to say, okay, let's, let's look at this side effect. Let's say it is real. Okay. Let's say this myocarditis is real. Okay between those that are vaccinated and those that aren't vaccinated. How many people that have acquired, that have gotten myocarditis from the vaccine have actually had some sort of serious adverse reaction where they required hospitalization because of it? How many of them have gone on to have, say, an ICU admission because they needed very intensive care uh, for that particular adverse effect? Then you have to ask yourself, how many of those people have actually gone on to die from the myocarditis due to the vaccine itself. All right, so keep all those numbers in mind and then, and then compare that to, um, uh, let's say a similar population that hasn't gotten vaccinated and you have to ask yourself, you know, what percent of them have spontaneously gone on to develop myocarditis? Um, of those patients, how many have gotten hospitalized or required an ICU admission? How many of them have actually died? And then you also have to ask yourself, of the vaccinated and unvaccinated people, how many of in each group have gone on to develop symptomatic COVID? How many of them have gone on to develop um, COVID requiring hospitalization? So we'll say severe COVID. How many of them have gone on to actually die as a result of COVID? And then compare your numbers. I, what I'm saying is try to be as objective as you possibly can uh, before you start making, you start you before you formulate your own opinion, you you have to be objective. If you if you just simply just blurt out, oh, see, I told you this was a side effect, so to, associated with the vaccine. What that tells me is that you haven't really looked at the big picture to say, what is the risk benefit of getting the vaccine versus not getting the vaccine. I personally have not heard of one person yet dying of myocarditis secondary to the COVID vaccine. I haven't, maybe it's happened. I just haven't. And I'm sure if it did happen, it'd be plastered everywhere over the news. I haven't seen it. Uh, and until I see that, I'd have to say that, you know, 
the benefit of getting the vaccine, of protecting yourself against COVID, is significantly better than any sort of adverse reaction you may potentially get from the vaccine itself in comparison to what can happen to you if you get symptomatic infection by COVID. So, you know, it's, it's, like, it's like playing in the stock market. You know, what is my risk of getting into the stock market? But if I do risk getting into that, what is my reward? Is my reward greater than my risk? That's what you have to be asking yourself. If you really want to be educated on the subject matter, that's what you need to do. You need to consider all angles to really say, okay, this is some of the bad that can happen. If I get vaccinated, this is the bad that can happen. If I don't get vaccinated, which one do I would I rather deal with? Now, if you got myocarditis from the vaccine, and the vaccine was to protect you against an illness that made nobody sick whatsoever, then I'd say don't, there's no reason to get the fucking vaccine if the illness itself is really not that bad. Um, you know, the your risk... If that bad, there wouldn't be a vaccine for it. Uh, <laughs> exactly. That's, that, that's what people have to understand. So I would just encourage everybody, you know, for those of you that are, are on the fence about the vaccine, are somewhat worried about it, before you start formulating an opinion about these myocarditis cases and what the CDC came out with recently, I would strongly encourage you to really look at both sides of the story first and then formulate your own opinion of there, despite what the CDC is saying, uh, despite that these myocarditis cases have been reported in the media. So these are all things I want people to really consider. Absolutely, absolutely. Last, and then we'll wrap this up, Connecticut has signed into law cannabis reform. The right. era of prohibition is coming to an end. Isn't it interesting, though? I was reading an article about, I'm not really all that familiar with the NBA. I guess there was a guard who played for the LA Lakers. Um, obviously, marijuana is legal in California. Flew into Texas where marijuana is not legal. And I guess he was arrested and he uh -huh. was scooped up and everything like that. But my point being is how interesting it is where, you know, on one patch of dirt, something is legal and you go to another patch of dirt and it's not, in fact, carrying heavy consequences. Well, technically speaking, it's still legal in the United States in general on the right. federal level. Right, right. Yeah, still considered to be a Schedule One controlled substance, which makes it illegal on, on a federal basis. So at any given point, the federal government can literally come in and bust any state that they want to for their, for their marijuana laws. Um, if you're carrying in your state, your the legal amount, I forgot what it is here in Connecticut. I forgot how much you're, you're, you're going to be allowed to carry for recreational use, but it may be legal at the state level, but the federal agent can come in and have you arrested for, for a federal crime. So these are all things that people really need to consider. Now, realistically, are the feds going to do that? No, they're not. Because it's, it's, it's too many people to, to try to go after at this point in time. I think the more likely scenario that's going to happen is that with more and more states legalizing it as they go, I think eventually the federal government uh, will see that that's a lot of pressure coming from the individual states and will eventually legalize it at a federal level, which is really the ultimate goal. That, that's really what, what we want to, to do. At that point, interstate carrying of this of, of marijuana will be considered legal once again. 
So. I believe some of this legislation begins to go into effect, I think, as soon as Jane, uh, July 1st. Is that correct? I don't know. I haven't looked into the entire bill, to be quite honest, but I think a lot of it is sooner than later. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot that, that really just needed to have. I mean, some of it goes on to, you know, basically become involved in like prison reform as well, because there's going to be yeah. some people in there with some of these uh, possession charges and, and you know, criminal records being expunged of, of these. Uh, in fact, this uh, bullet point here eases prior convictions, certain cannabis related convictions that occurred between January 1st, 2000 and October 1st, 2015 will automatically be erased. Those seeking to erase cannabis related convictions outside that period will require petitioning. Now, it just makes me wonder, you know, because these convictions are quote unquote erased, is that still a box that's going to get checked off when somebody's filling out a job application? That's a good question. I mean, I, I would imagine that if if they're saying that these these people's records are going to be expunged, I would say that that all that goes away, as far as I know. Cannabis use is prohibited in state parks, state beaches, and on state waters. Well, that makes sense because you can't have beer there either. So that's true. Yeah. Uh, that's really uh, I, I guess that's a good place to end it. Well, I, th well I, th I think the impressive part of the, the bill is that I'm allowed as, uh, as somebody with a medical marijuana license or certificate holder that I can, um, I can have three mature plants and I think three immature plants of, uh, of cannabis. So my garden next year, I'll probably have uh, a, a raised bed or two full of, full of uh, cannabis. You have one row of cucumbers, one row of cannabis, right? One row of corn, some squash, another row of cannabis. Yep, some hashish. <laughs> That's right, right man. about a thing. Well, Ziv, that's all I got, my friend. That's all I got. Oh, actually, the, the only other thing I wanted to mention really quick was, um, so tomorrow, supposedly, supposedly. The Senate Intelligence Committee is supposed to get their their uh, UFO report. Ooh, that actually Some juicy happens. stuff for next week. Oh, I am I am waiting with with bated breath. I will be diving into that treasure trove. Oh, I, I think we're going to do a whole episode just on that. I'm down. Yeah. Until next week. <laughs> Peace. Peace. Perfect. It's funny because I got that going and then like it, it shut it off. It just goes from like music's blare into okay, we're done. <laughs> oh, 10 after 12. I know. Get a late start. Sorry about that. Don't worry about it. It'll be good. Well, when are you going back to work on Sunday? No, actually, I'm going back to work on Monday morning. So, um, I was supposed to go back to work on Saturday morning, but I took it off because I have my fifth annual 
Jokers of Doom golf tournament. So uh, it's my myself, my friend Brandon, and special guest Rich Troy and uh, Donato Paternostro. Oh boy! Yeah, we got the band back together, buddy. Nice. I think we're gonna call our team the Raptors. What, what about the situation? Oh, this is yeah, that's right. We were gonna wear Sasquatch jerseys, Sasquatch <laughs> melee. <laughs> Nice. I wonder if I still have that. I probably got my fucking jersey somewhere. Was Danny on that team? I don't think he was. He stopped playing, I think, in 2011. Yeah, he hurt his shoulder, right? Yeah. That's when he had a, he needed surgery. But I remember the situation he was definitely on because those were like the blue jerseys, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah, I think I got one of those. <laughs> Oh, I gotta put. I gotta. I gotta find. It. I gotta put it in my golf bag for Saturday. <laughs> Just put it on the first tee. Like, well, we're not doing right. this. <laughs> but yeah, so it was. It was interesting. Like, Rich. Rich is officially an old man. We're walking around at the Travelers today. He's like, it's hot. I need to sit in the shade for a little while. <laughs> uh, good old Richie. Yeah. All right, buddy. I'll catch I you do. later. Peace out. Peace.